fundamental brand to fall back on a lot of the times is missing and can be it's been a huge differentiator for good egg on our side of the business and also really helps level up other people that are looking to take their game to the next level in this education space you're listening to the life and money show a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them and now here are your hosts annie dickerson and julie lamb Hey, hey, everyone. Annie Dickerson here. And today I am joined by a fabulous guest as we continue our special summer series here on the Life and Money Show. We have none other than Quentin Briantis. He's our RIA manager. Quentin, welcome to the show. Oh, my God. It's been so long that I've been watching this from the sidelines. So it's so (laughs) fun to finally be on here have the chance to actually be on the show. Yeah, so excited to spotlight you. You have done so much over the last few years. It's absolutely incredible. So share with our listeners, take us back a little bit to how you got your start in real estate, because I know it's a fascinating story. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's been a thing since I was just a little kid. I remember back in like the 2008 crash, I was for whatever reason in middle school scouring like Trulia for all these houses that were like going for this crazy discount. I was like jabbing my parents in the side. These are like the 10 houses we need to buy right now. Like, why are we doing anything? So you were like one of those kids. Would you like go to the grocery store and get like the for sale by owner catalogs and the like, I would do that too. Actually, I remember doing that back in the day. (laughs) Oh yeah. I was doing that. I had lists of places. I would go to open houses by myself just to like walk through them. Like I was such a little weirdo back in the day. But I even like going into college, I wrote one of my college essays about that list of houses that I wanted my parents to buy. And I was like, we would have forexed our money over the course of like a couple of years if we were able to have bought those. And this was in San Diego, right? Where the housing market went crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. So you had that early, like you had almost an innate fascination with real estate and maybe at a young age. I'm curious when you were interested in it, was it like when you had that hunch, like we should buy these 10 houses, were you thinking about it from an investment standpoint or were you just like, I'd like to live in all these places. Like this one would be my bedroom. This one would be my sister's bedroom. What were you thinking at that early age? Yeah, it was definitely, I've always been like a value seeker, whether it's with houses, cars, any sort of purchases. So like when I was like, Lisa, it was very much like, yeah, these are some really cool houses that you could get, but also just like how crazy discounted that they were at the time. I was just like, this is like a no brainer. Like, why isn't everyone buying these right now? (laughs) And then my little middle school self had no idea what was going on in the world or all the macro stuff that was going on at the time. Oh my gosh, how funny. And so then what did your parents think? Were they like, oh, Quentin, he's just doing his real estate thing again? Or did they talk to you about it? Did they think about buying some of these houses? No, they were just like, oh, Quentin, you're up to your crazy antics again. Like... (laughs) cool list. What's next? I go to soccer practice. Right. Right. But there was a tide, the tides turned at a certain point, right? Because now I know that you and your parents invest together. So at a certain point, they were like, wait a second, Quentin is onto something here. So tell us a little bit about that. When did you start getting a little bit more serious? And how did you get that first property? 
Yeah, it was a long time in the making. For whatever reason, even going through college, I just thought that real estate would always be this like side thing that you couldn't really do seriously or whatever. Like I went to school, got a background in finance and entrepreneurship. And even at that point, real estate was just like, oh, like I enjoy homes. Those are so cool. You can renovate them, whatever. So it wasn't really until probably 2018, 2019, where like went down the rabbit hole of bigger pockets, started listening to all these podcasts. Did I really start kind of digging into how do you fund these? What are different types of strategies? How can you house hack and all of that? But then when COVID hit, and then this is where my parents and I kind of started teamed up on our first one. They bought a house here in San Diego between my parents and I. We're all digital nomads. We've been traveling all over the place for years. So We loved having a home base in San Diego, but all of us really wanted to have the flexibility to kind of be able to pop into San Diego when we want and also like go off on our travels and go wherever else we wanted to go. So got this place in San Diego, took a bit of time, fully renovated it, got it set up as an Airbnb, ended up adding a second unit to it. And then that's where we, once we kind of listed it on Airbnb, we're like, wow, this is super powerful. We can enjoy the place, our home, whenever we want. We can go off and explore and make money while we're out traveling. And it was just kind of like, holy cow, this is an actual thing that can really support the lifestyle that we want while also still being like a really good investment for the long term. Yeah. And that remind me, that wasn't your parents' original plan, right? Because I remember back, because the home that you grew up in San Diego, once you and your sister left, I think your parents sold that house, right? And you were part of helping them get that ready. So at the time, were they planning on selling the house and maybe not having a home base in San Diego and just traveling the world? And then later, this idea of this home base came back into play? Yeah, that definitely came later. I mean, hindsight being 2020, all of us joke back like, what the heck were we thinking selling that house back in 2018? Like, had we known that we know now, we could have kept it, rented it out, and then leveraged it into a bunch of different ways and still be able to do what we did now. But yeah, it was very much just like, let's just have a clean slate. They didn't want to have the burden of a house or anything while they were off on their travels. And then um, it wasn't until this place in San Diego that we really started to kind of use that experience and knowledge that we were both kind of building in the last couple of years to do it. Yeah. So that first property that you bought, tell us a little bit more about it. How big was it? And what were your plans going in? And what did you ultimately do with it? And how's it doing now? Yeah. So going into it, my parents actually got it first just because they were actually going to looking at properties in the Texas area, like outside of Austin. And they were about to actually purchase like a small multifamily property out there. COVID hit, everyone freaked out. They're like, we're going back to San Diego. <laughs> and just through luck, it was kind of right in that lull. It was like, what, April, May, right when COVID hit, where everything was just kind of like, dead in the water. And for whatever reason, they were like, let's just (laughs) buy a house. We need a place to stay. And they went through with it. So originally it started out as just kind of like a stopgap just to kind of ground themselves during COVID. And then over time, completely renovated it. It was a little two bed, one bath right in a really central, cute neighborhood and just outside of downtown in San Diego. Super walkable, bunch of fun restaurants, bars, shops and stuff all within walking distance. So a really fun area to be in and was also perfect for the Airbnb that we wanted just because it's so central to so many cool places in San Diego. 
Mm-hmm. So walk us through that Airbnb process. Cause I think a lot of people have Airbnb dreams. They're just like, I don't even know where to get started. I don't know. Do I get another property? Do I use part of my home? Do I add an ADU to my home? So when you started down that path and you thought, okay, maybe we could try this. How did you start? What was your approach? Our first approach was just like, let's get it as nice and cute as possible. Like since we have traveled in hotels, Airbnbs for like years at a time, we had like almost like a checklist of like, what are all the things that we want to have in our home? Like when we're traveling. So that was kind of the foundation of how we set the house up with the idea in mind that we're going to create like the perfect spot that we would want to travel to as our quote unquote home, and then eventually set it up to the point where we can list it on Airbnb and get everything up and running. So our place, and it's kind of silly how many people mention it, having a bunch of spices in the kitchen, having a bunch of kitchen utensils, like having thoughtfully placed outlets and like little things like that, that most people don't even think about. Like our Airbnb guests, like notice them, they comment on them and they're like, holy cow, this is like such a well thought out Airbnb. So we, and this is like something that I think about all the time is just like, how can you really create that experience that like when you walk in and everything just kind of like unfolds right there as you settle in was kind of the framework that I came from when we were initially designing it, laying out the furniture, all the accessories and amenities that we offer there. That's such a great tip to really think about your own travel experience. Cause we've all been to those Airbnbs that have been like really cute pictures, but then you get there and there's like no cutlery and yeah. you're like, where are the outlets? And there's no hairdryer. <laughs> like all the little things that make a place feel like home are missing, even though it's thoughtfully like decorated and the interior yeah. design looks nice for the photos. Right. But I think what you're talking about, it makes all the difference in giving people that experience as you were mentioning. So they really feel like it's a home away from home. So that's such a good tip. Yeah. And even similar to like the work that we do in the Rio side of things, it's like, who is the type of person that we're looking to bring in here? Do they want desks? Do they want multiple workstations? Do they want to have good lighting when they're sitting down at their desk? Like all of those little nuances were like definitely came into play when we were setting everything up to really check off all the boxes with whatever someone want to use the space for. Yeah. Absolutely. And I definitely want to, especially for the listeners who have never heard of it and might be interested, but before we do that, I want to ask one more thing about this Airbnb experience. So how long did it take from the time you decided to put it up to the time that it was live? And once you opened it up, did you get an influx of people? And then nowadays, is it like, are you living there for free, essentially? Yeah. So we had a deadline. We were actually going out of town in Hawaii and we set ourselves a deadline. Like by the time we leave for Hawaii, we want to have the place booked for that entire trip. So we listed it on Airbnb two weeks before our trip, had three stays booked within a matter of days for our entire trip. And we're like, oh shoot, we don't have a cleaning person like who's going (laughs) to handle everything. Like we totally were just kind of like going with the flow with it and figuring it out all at the same time. So it ends up booking out really quickly. We essentially, if we rent it out, so a couple different ways we kind of break it down. If let's say we wanted to live in the main house full-time, two-bed, one-bath, and only Airbnb out, 
the studio that we have here, we could live there for free. In this instance, if we swapped it and let's say me or my parents or whoever wanted to leave the studio completely open, we would be cash flowing probably around two to four thousand dollars a month, depending on the season. Just renting out wow. the two bed, one bath. Wow. Well, hold on. So two to four thousand a month. That's far and away way better than what I was getting when I was doing rental properties, which was maybe like two hundred dollars. A month. But of course, yeah. with a long term rental, right? There's not like you get one tenant in there and they take care of everything. You don't have to have the cutlery for them or the towels or the cleaning service or anything. They sign a lease and they're done for a year, right? In your case, have you set up the systems and whatnot? Is it pretty automated or how much work do you have to do on an ongoing basis? Yeah, we've set up a lot of the messaging is pretty automated. So checking in, checking out is usually pretty seamless. Knock on wood, we've lucked out with a really amazing guest. So we haven't had any issues with anyone at our stay so far. We have cleaners that we coordinate, but that team is also super on top of their game. So it's just like, send them the dates for the month, they get on schedule, they come in and turn everything over within a couple hours. So like for this month of August, the house literally had one day where it was available. Every other day was totally booked. So we just have them coming in and turning everything over same day for each of our guests. Wow. So then it seems like this is such a success story. It was your first one and it's doing so well. So what are you up to now in the real estate and investing in Airbnb space? And are you planning on, I mean, it sounds like you could just replicate this model over and over. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely something I've been toying around with. There's still so much more I want to do to make our processes here even more efficient. But I also have a condo that I have rented out long-term in San Diego. Unfortunately, you can't Airbnb it out and I have some tenants in there right now, but I am like ready to sell that thing and like roll it into another Airbnb property in San Diego, either do something similar down here where we get a single unit or able to add a couple of units on it. We also have a great construction team down here. So really just kind of, we have all the pieces there and just kind of putting it back together again, doing it again. I want to point something out for the listeners, which is we hear a lot of times, oh, I can't invest in an expensive market like LA or New York or San Diego, right? The prices are so high, but clearly with your story, you can see that if you get a little bit creative and you think outside the box and you really work with the market and not against the market, that there's ways to invest and make money and create cash flow. Even isn't that wild? You've created mm-hmm. thousands of dollars of cash flow in the heart of San Diego, which is just nuts. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. I'm so glad we dove into all of that. I do want to transition and talk a little bit about, oh, there's two more topics I definitely want to get into. One is your digital nomad and traveling because I know, oh my gosh, that's so incredible. But maybe let's save that. Let's transition and talk about some of the work you do through RIA or Real Estate Accelerator. So for anybody who may not know what that program is, tell them a little bit about what we do through the Real Estate Accelerator. Yeah. So our Real Estate Accelerator program is a coaching and mentorship group geared towards syndicators and other capital raisers. So in this program, we really help build the foundation of a capital raising business for you to go out 
and raise more money for your deals, purchase properties, and also help your investors invest their money in really smart investments along the way. So what kind of goes into that is creating the brand behind it. How can you position yourself, your company to attract investors, other people in your network, and then a lot of the automations and systems that go in the back end to really educate them, keep them up to date with what you're doing and help kind of or help enable your own investors to make their most informed decisions based on the type of educational resources, blogs, content, all related to real estate investing. Man, as you're talking about it, I'm like, holy cow, that is a lot. I mean, I know we've worked together to build it all up, but just hearing you talk about it, I'm like, wow, that is a lot of stuff. I remember back in the day when I first got started in syndication, I was like, oh, no big deal. I can do it all on my own. I can do the contracts and the due diligence, the negotiations. I can raise the capital and I can manage the asset. I can do it all. Very quickly realized that that was very difficult to do all of those pieces really well. And so as you know, as the listeners know, through Good Egg, we've focused on largely the capital raising piece to start, but now we're taking over much more of the asset management and the acquisitions as well. But a few years ago now, a lot of people started to approach us to ask exactly how we were doing what we were doing. And as you know, there's only so much you can teach somebody about marketing and branding and website design in a half hour conversation. And so that's where the Real Estate Accelerator was really born through this need within the community of all these syndicators, as you're talking about, who wanted to build their own businesses. And we've been so blessed and privileged to be able to have that opportunity to come in alongside them on their journey to building their own businesses. And it sort of comes full circle back to your finance and entrepreneurship degree. You're putting that to good use now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's been so fun. I mean, it's pretty crazy. We have a lot of people coming to us with just an idea of getting into capital raising to having some success, to having great success in the syndication space and having that basic fundamental brand to fall back on a lot of the times is missing and can be, it's been a huge differentiator for good egg on our side of the business and also really helps level up other people that are looking to take their game to the next level in the syndication space. We'll get back to our conversation with Quentin in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. 
We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day. Because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. And now back to our chat with Quentin Briantis. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what can people expect from the program, both in, in terms of like the what the program entails and the support that they might get, as well as the results. People are always curious about the results that they can expect. So share with us some of those success stories as well. Yeah. So we have a couple different offerings. Both follow the same framework, depending on how much handholding you want from our team or how much you want to do on your own. But really the nucleus of our approach with the Real Estate Accelerator is having just a deep understanding of who are you looking to help. So in most cases, we really want to build out an entire investor avatar or profile around who you're looking to attract. And this can get super granular from demographic information, what are their ages, jobs, income, family size, all the way down to like psychographic type analyses as well. So what keeps them up at night? What type of communication styles do they have? What type of brands are they purchasing? What type of TV shows are they watching? What are things that they do in their free time? Like you can create this massive profile of someone and then cater your entire business to this one person. So that goes down to image selection, color palette, how you talk about things in your emails. Even with Goodegg, we have our investor avatar. Her name is Jen. All of our emails, all of our social media posts are geared towards Jen, this investor avatar that we have. So that is kind of the foundation that we work off of to really help create a really cohesive brand, wrap a pretty bow on it through the website, as well as set up a lot of educational resources tailored to whoever your specific avatar is. Mm-hmm. And so tell us then for the people, I mean, obviously with any educational or coaching program, there are people who come in and they don't do the work. And then of course they don't see the results, right? But for the people who come in and they engage and they do the work, what are they seeing as a result of being part of the real estate accelerator? Yeah, we've seen, I would say there's a Good number of people. We had one of our coaching members come in raising around three to four hundred thousand dollars per deal. And under a year, they were able to refine their brand, refine their messaging, build out their educational resources for their investors. And they are off to raising, I think, almost two million dollars in the past year between two or three deals and have just kind of like blown out of the park what their goals were for the year as far as their race capacity goes. Yeah. We've also had another group, they came in, they were already raising around a million or so per deal. They came in, implemented everything and are raising well into the three to 5 million range per deal now. So there's a piece of it that is how much work and commitment are you going to have towards this new business? Because this isn't a side hustle. Like More times than not, this ends up turning into a full-time job or it takes a lot more time to get up and running than most people think. But if you see it through, like we've seen some extraordinary results. And mm. there's even a partnership that came in 
never raised capital at all. They were doing their own deals by themselves. After they went through our top tier program, Rhea Diamond, where we did everything for them, they were raising three to $5 million on their first deal, on their first and second deal after we launched their new brand. So a lot of great results with some awesome people that are just ready to dive in and figure it out and make it work. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Makes me so happy to hear those success stories. You know, people always ask, well, aren't you creating competitors for yourselves, other syndicators out there raising capital? And I'm always of the belief that there's so much abundance out there. I mean, there are so few people who actually know about the syndication space that there's so much more to fully saturate the market. So I think in the time that we've built and run the Real Estate Accelerator, we've celebrated so many people who used to work full-time at a job that they didn't love. And through starting up this business and seeing success, they've been able to retire early and focus Mm -hmm. on their syndication business and be a digital nomad in many cases like you are, and be able to travel the world while raising capital, doing real estate deals. I mean, what a dream come true. And it's just such an honor to be part of so many of their success stories. Absolutely. So speaking of digital nomad ship. So I definitely want to give some space to talk about that because by far and away, I think on the Good Egg team, you are one of the best traveled people on the team. So tell us a little bit about your travels and where you've been, how you've been able to create this digital nomad life. Any tips for anybody else who might want to follow in your footsteps? Yeah. Going back to like when I first got interested in real estate, I'm always like a value hunter. So I'm always looking for like, what is the best way that I can maximize my experiences, my travels and things like that? I really don't have a framework. I'm pretty go with the flow in that sense. A lot of the times I'll have friends and family across the country. They're like, hey, we're going to be traveling. Do you want to come stay over here for a little bit or come visit friends and family in a different city and things like that? So that's been a really fun way to just kind of really easily find places to stay. But I usually am all over the US, New York pretty often, out on the East Coast, up and down the coast of California pretty frequently. Love heading up to Tahoe. My parents are now out in the desert in the Palm Springs area now. I like to just stay mobile. It's not that I need to go somewhere for months and months at a time. But yeah, I like to stay pretty fluid with my travel arrangements. And obviously, like the work here at Good Egg being fully remote, allows for you to really structure that in a way that works for what I want, where I want to go, and create that opportunity there. I mean, isn't it so cool that just something as simple as when a friend or family member travels somewhere or they move somewhere and they're like, come visit. Most times you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll come at some point. And it never happens, right? But just to be able to I'm the one that shows up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm the one that actually shows up. (laughs) Yeah. How cool. I mean, it's such a small thing, but I mean, I think that's such a great way to explore different places and to do so. So while also seeing people that you know and that you love and spending time with them, I think that adds such a unique layer to traveling. So it's not just about sightseeing, it's about really deepening those relationships and also having that anchor 
to a specific place, which is really unique. Yeah. And another thing that's been really fun with that, I'm a big credit card points hacker. So I was going to ask. Yeah. (laughs) Give us all Um, your secrets. (laughs) Yeah. That's been one thing that I've started mining over the last year and a half or so, as far as booking hotels, booking flights. I've done a couple international flights that you can book on points that are typically thousands of dollars. that I've paid almost nothing for. So that has also been a really big thing. I have a lot of the premium travel cards, the spending bonuses, use those to kind of fund some fun trips and excursions here and there and just work the point system. Yeah. Where was one place that you went largely on points where you were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm able to do this on points. Yeah, I would say one of the funnest ones I was on was probably last summer. I was going from San Diego to New York, New York to Portugal, Portugal to Mexico City, and then Mexico City back to San Diego over the course of like three weeks or something like that. And I was able to book my flights from New York to Portugal and then Portugal to Mexico, all business class on flights or on points. and. It ended up being cheaper to book it on points if you have like a points value per se than to book like a regular coach seat Mm. going to all those places. So it was just kind of like fun to get a nice luxurious flight on the way of like you're kind of weaving the world. Yeah. Totally. It adds a whole extra layer to your trip is, you know, it's not just a means to an end, but it all comes back to we've come full circle and talking about that experience, right? And really thinking through the experience that you want to have, not just the end destination that you want to get to, but really thinking through and planning for that experience to make that memorable as well. Yeah. They're also great. Like, I've come into situations where if you want to do like a quick last minute road trip, go somewhere fun, like having a bank of points to like book a fun hotel for a night or for just like a last minute road trip, those all make those way more accessible when you have at least some bank of points that you hold for just kind of like a fun, exciting, spontaneous trip. Oh, man. Well, Quentin, I think I speak for not only the whole Good Egg team, but also all the listeners is that you are such an inspiration. I cannot believe all the things that you have done and are doing. I mean, I think about your knack for ship and design and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you could start a business teaching people about Airbnb. You could follow in the points guys footsteps and teach people about that. And there's just so much that you are and the travel stuff too, digital nomad stuff. Oh my gosh, there's so much that you're into. And I just, I love that about you is that you are so passionate about so many things and you always bring a smile and a great attitude to everything. And so for anybody who's listening, who hasn't come into contact with Quentin yet, definitely, if you're interested in the real estate accelerator, definitely apply for that. But as you can tell through not only this conversation, but through all of the guests we've had from the Good Egg team on the special summer series that we have just an incredible team. And I am so grateful every day that I get to work with you and the rest of our team, Quentin. 
Yes, we are a lucky bunch for sure. It's been <laughs> such a pleasure working with everyone. We have such a cool little team here. Indeed. And as we're recording this, actually, it's one day before Quentin's two-year Good egg anniversary. So oh it's, my gosh. Uh, it's been almost <laughs> two years since you've started. You've been with the team probably longer than anybody else on the team. Isn't that wild? It's flown by. It's flown by. <laughs> and it's crazy how much change we've seen in two years' time. I think, Quentin, you've done pretty much every job on the team at one point or another. You've worn every hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Quentin, we are going to roll into the last part of our show, which is our Life and Money Show Spotlight Round. We're going to ask you three questions. We ask everyone. You ready? Let's do it. All right. First question. Share with us one thing that you're doing to live a meaningful and intentional life by design. Yeah, I think just setting up my life for flexibility. I have this like crazy aversion to staying in a place for longer than a year. So like being able to have this Airbnb property to hop in and out of when I want gives like I don't have to get bogged down by a rent payment while I'm gone for two months at a time or something like that. So flexibility and freedom for me is super important. And I've definitely set up my living situation to support that and allow me to do all of these things. Yeah. And that's so core to living a life by design is really figuring out what you need and what you desire and what you want your life to look like. And then really working backwards to figure out how can I make that a possibility? And I think you've done such a tremendous job at that. Excited to see what comes next. All right. Second question, share with the listeners a life or money hack that has really helped you on your journey that you think will help them as well. Let's see a life or money hack. I would say a life hack for me, as far as being a digital nomad, I have a pretty ridiculous work from home setup that I bring with me everywhere. I have like a mobile laptop stand, second screen, everything that can fit into a tiny backpack. So obviously, consistency for me is really important when you're hopping from place to place. So having like your same work setup, having your same things for like your morning routine, all of those things can all fit in a backpack. I can bring it with me everywhere. And like in between all the travels and stays like that, I have like a level of consistency to kind of continue those like baseline habits that allow me to show up my best for myself, for my work, for my family and everything that I do. I'm so glad you said that because just recently we just completed our five-week trip in France. And one of the things that I did differently this time was every other trip that we've taken, I just rely on the Airbnb or wherever we're staying to hopefully have some sort of desk set up where there's a, at least a chair and a surface, hopefully a door that closes, but not always. I've worked in closets. I've worked in bathrooms, like all sorts of crazy places. But this time I brought a mobile laptop stand and it's like just a little tripod with a little surface on top. And I could put that thing anywhere. It's amazing what a big difference that thing makes. And it, it made it so much more comfortable to work in no matter where mm -hmm. I was. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. All right. Last question. Tell us one thing that you're doing or just share with us how you're helping to make the world a better place. Yeah. So how my take on that is that I see a lot of like friends, family, like around my age and my network that I've known since high school or in college, a lot of people like 
don't even look at their finances right now. So one thing that I have taken as a personal mission of mine is like, how can I spur up these conversations to help set up like my closest friends and family, cousins, whoever, just to start looking at things a little bit differently and like start opening up these conversations. Like I was lucky enough to just have a weird draw towards this space (laughs) to be able to do the things that I want to do. But there's a lot of micro shifts that a lot of people my age, I'm in my mid twenties, like that we can all start doing now to one, enjoy your life now. And then two, continue setting yourself up for what comes in the future. So really just focusing on my kind of like closed network and just kind of having that ripple effect for them. Yeah. And that makes such a big difference just to have those conversations. Cause I'm sure if your friends are like you in their mid twenties, most of them are probably not thinking about any of this stuff. They're like checking a box. They're like, yeah, I guess put some money in my 401k and maybe make some donations or whatnot. And maybe they get their taxes in and that's about as much as they think about their finances. But I think you're such an inspiration in all that you've been able to build in such a short amount of time and to sort of start to have those conversations to help them think about their finances in a different way, or even to think about them at all. I think your friends are going to definitely be thanking you five, 10 years down the road. And then hopefully you'll inspire a lot of them to live a life by design as well. So very cool. All right, Quentin, before we wrap the show, tell our listeners if they listen, especially to the part about the real estate accelerator, and they're like, Gosh, I'm curious about that. I've invested passively before, but I've, you know, I've always wanted to raise capital or maybe I've done real estate deals on my own, but want to bring in other investors. Tell them if they did want to learn more about the program, what's the best place that they can go? Yeah. So you can find us at therealestateaccelerator.com. Just type it into your browser, shoot over an application. You'll get connected with me and our team. I would love to kind of connect with people more there. If not, hit me up on LinkedIn. You can just search Quentin Brilliantes. You'll find one of them, (laughs) which will be me. (laughs) I'm happy to chat and continue the conversation there. Always love it when parents give their kids a unique name. It makes things easier in life. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Quentin Briantis, our real estate accelerator manager. Thank you, Quentin, so much for being here with us and sharing your story and your insights with us and our listeners. Thanks, everyone. It's been such a joy. You've been listening to The Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of this show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations.